Stefan and Matt. We're an interracial couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to our friendly world. Better, stronger, together. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Hello. Hello, world. Oh, dear. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Matt and I got into a discussion the <clears> other day. Discussion. Love is winning. <laughs> and <laughs> so Matt decided that we should argue with ourselves. And a while ago, a long time ago, we were talking about currency, all kinds of currency within friendships, within relationships, just all of life. We started talking about emotional currency, which, you know, you need to pick how you choose to spend this. This came from Carolyn Mace a long time ago, and she was describing it as you wake up, let's say you wake up with $100, and every time you get upset with someone or your energy gets focused on a particular thing, for example, someone cuts you off on the road, and every time you think about that in instance, that particular event or that particular person, and you get mad about it, you lose currency every time. When I heard her say this a long time ago, it totally made sense to me. And back then I was also getting over a cheating boyfriend fiance. Not me, folks. It was not Matt. <laughs> and... When I heard her say this, it totally made sense. I'm like, yeah. And I saw myself at a boardroom and I thought, okay, everybody, and I'm the head of it. How much do we want to invest in this person? How much do we want to invest in this particular situation? How much do I want to invest in feeling this way? Because every time that person came up, every time I had like a whole chemical reaction in my body, like... I would get so upset and you can use this example for anything that makes you upset. And I thought to myself, I imagine being a boardroom director and also a judge with a gavel and I made the decision, zero, no more investments. Cut Bam. off. Yeah. That really helped me. And so ever, and this was years ago. And ever since then, that's how I live. I'm like, if, if I'm, witty enough or in tuned enough with myself to say whoa how much do you want to invest because sometimes you can just get so wrapped up in an emotion that you just forget that you're investing all this right you forget to ask yourself how much do you want to invest you want to continue investing in this but when you do and you say zero it really is fabulous it's immediately you, you shift to something else. It's fabulous. It is because you feel it is, free. Absolutely. You're free and energized. Right. And so we were talking about the fact that when you spend emotional currency like this, right. that it doesn't leave room for other things in your life that yes. are the good things. So that was the thing. And then Matt decided, you know what, I'm going to argue against this. And you said what? You said... That there is actually infinite currency out there. And I totally agree with you. There is infinite currency. 
you don't wake up with only a hundred. You don't wake up with a certain amount, like a unit of energy. Right. You are, we are all supernatural beings. We have the ability to be infinite in so many ways. Mm -hmm. So you tell our friends what you were saying, the argument you had with yourself and then with me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, scientists are studying willpower, not emotional currency, but it's, it's somehow linked. And they're talking about how, depending on mindset, you may or may not be spending your willpower currency, which is, again, subtly different. That there, there is a way to shift your mind, shift your focus, and start thinking about willpower as being truly an infinite resource instead of being a battery that keeps getting depleted. Okay, and I said, well, yes, because... If you tune into a higher power, if you get centered with whatever you want to call it, the universe, your inner self, your higher self, God, whatever you choose to label it, if you're operating from that, if you're grounded in that, yes, it's infinite power. However, when you're, when you're thinking of the jerk that yelled at you that cut you off on the road or a thief that took off with your stuff it's a baseline emotion yes very much so i'm not in my supernatural spirit power when i'm thinking about that because i'm thinking from a scarcity point i'm thinking from a fear-based point right and i think at that stage you don't have infinite power so what do you have to say about that <laughs> okay okay Okay, so again, we're talking about willpower. We're talking about there's a chocolate bar sitting in the fridge, and oh my goodness, I shouldn't eat it, but I want it, but I shouldn't eat it, but I want it. And going through the cavortations of dealing with that over the course of a day, or, you know, constantly be, being, you know, wanting to do something and continually denying yourself from doing it. Okay, so that's what we're really talking about here as far as willpower. So I think when we accumulate these temptations, when we have so many coming at us all day, every day, I do think most people would say it feels more difficult. Things get more difficult as the day progresses. You know, I really want to relieve some of these temptations. I want either them to get out of my life or I want to succumb to them, right? I don't know. I never thought about it like that. I don't really go through life with temptation. If I like something, I do it. I don't know. Are you faced with a bunch of temptations, Matt? We have chocolate in the house. My God, it's everywhere. <laughs> it's not everywhere, but oh my goodness. No, but I mean, do you go through life thinking I have to deprive myself? Like I'm tempted so I can't? I, I don't know. I never think about it like well, that. It's like, I'm like Augustus Gloop sometimes. From, I don't know who that from, is. Um, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, right. You know, the little, the little German boy who loves chocolate. Guys, here's what I have to do. So we like baking. I think you all know that. We bake. We, we're major chefs over here. So there is a jar of chocolate mm. that is meant for baking. And Matt, if he sees it, but we it have is to hide it. lovely chocolate. We have to hide it because when we go to bake a chocolate cake, it has mysteriously, there's like one or three little nuggets left in this big jar that used to be a big jar of chocolate. <laughs> and so 
<laughs> this happened years ago when we lived on Bainbridge Island and there were a bunch of raccoons around our house and there was one raccoon in particular that was so weird like rocky unbelievable like this raccoon was out of a cartoon he would mess with us and laugh at us this raccoon it was it was nuts like he would show us his butt he would do something like what did he do matt that was really funny one day like he was getting into something and we're like, Hey, get out of there. And he looked at us like, Oh yeah. And then he showed us his butt like on purpose, turned around, lifted his butt and flashed us like moon dust. And then he went back to what he was doing. We're like, Oh my son of a biscuit. What the, the what is going on? And shouldn't, what, why? And it was broad daylight. Too. Right. And, and what do you do in that case when, you know, literally they're like, whatever. So anyway, so what I did was, I didn't want to accuse Matt of stealing the chocolate because back then the kids weren't born yet. So it was just Matt and <laughs> It was me. just Matt. And so I started to write notes around any chocolate jar meant for baking. And I said, dear Rocky, this is meant for baking chocolate cake. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> but that's... <laughs> That raccoon, he'd get into it. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how he got in the house, but... But I really met Matt because I knew <gasps> Oh, I'm offended. Anyway. So anyway, back to back to temptation. So do you think most people go through life tempted all, all day? Not all day, but I think that there Every are certain even? kind like, of temptations people, you know, pass through. I mean, for me, I think it's primarily more food-based than anything, to be honest. But I remember I, I would drive to work and I'd be like, oh, should I stop and get coffee? Should I, should I, you know, it's like these little thoughts go rattling through your head. That's weird. I don't know if I'm in denial, but I, I want to say I, I'm not, I don't live by temptation. Right. I don't know. I, right. it, it's not in my, it's not in my, uh, it's not in my sphere, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Which is one of the things that makes it very difficult to talk about this subject, right? Okay. So go on. So, so, so there's, there's, I guess our initial question is temptation, willpower, or let's talk about, you know, the other side of it. Like I got to buckle down and I have to when I was in school, I have to write a report and I have to get this report done. If I get it done now, it's like three weeks before it's due. Why procrastinate? Why not just get it done? Right? I think that's another kind of thought that people have and they go through. Because I remember I had one particular quarter in school where I was like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm in trouble here in college and I better buckle down and fly right. Otherwise, bad things are going to happen. So I hit what was much closer to, I suppose, my full potential. You know, I took school 100%. It, it was my number one. And okay. everything else was my number two. So what's your point? I'm, I'm saying is, if you have in your head that willpower is like a battery and willpower gets depleted over the course of a day and you need to do something to recharge yourself, sleep or go to the spa or whatever it is. Okay, yeah. That is one mindset but there is but, another mindset but, okay can, just why are you choosing the word willpower though i don't i think that's what's bothering me i don't get it i don't i don't get what that has to do with energetic well-being can you use another word for it i think that's what's tripping me up 
we could call it mental exhaustion if you'd rather. Yeah. Okay, we can talk about that. Because I can relate exhaustion. to that. Okay, we can talk mental exhaustion. That's fine. Yeah, I can talk about mental exhaustion all day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I'm exhausted, I can talk about it all day. <laughs> well, never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> the other, The other kind of mindset that scientists have actually discovered, they found people who have this mindset or... Um, what mindset i'm about to describe the mindset oh okay <laughs> sorry go oh ahead. my goodness i'm sorry guys i'm i didn't sleep well go ahead <laughs> <laughs> at least she's laughing folks so if you've just gone through an emotionally draining event what should be an emotionally draining event there is a mindset that says that you can feel like oh my god i just overcame this emotionally draining event what if, and what if you didn't strengthened by that i have a new resolve and i can stand strong against new things that would be out there that would wish to exhaust me so when you're when your heart has been broken you can say i made it through i'm stronger instead of i choose to not open up ever again yeah exactly like I made it through. But that's making it through. That's, again, that to me, like emotional, like that, that kind of emotional breakup or that kind of stuff, that's a whole process and you need to like move through and past it. And to me, that takes an interesting amount of time and effort. Well, you know, a few episodes back, we talked about the breakup. We've talked about mm -hmm. various different ways of breakups. Breaking up in a friendship is just as painful as a romantic it can breakup. Be for sure. And I want to say it happens more often than meeting the love of your life and you've broken up. Right. Right. And, and I would saying? agree. But I would, I would also say that, you know, it's almost like to, in order to discuss this properly, you need to start thinking through the whole aspect of, you know, I've been on both sides of a breakup. I've broken up with people and I've been broken up with and caught completely flat footed. So if we talk about when you make the decision to break up with somebody, it's that it's at that moment because that's the moment where you're like, okay, I'm making this decision. You're cut off. I'm not spending any more emotional currency on you, whatever it is, right? Like you're cut off. It's that moment. And it's that realization of I passed through it. And that's kind and of saying, over. I refuse to invest anymore. Right. And as soon as you come to that realization, that's when you feel a charge. Yes. You like feel, your life exactly. force comes back. You feel a charge right there. Exactly. Because you have passed through it. Now, of course, because, that happens on the other side too. Because you've gathered yourself. It's right. like pieces of yourself keep going out in different directions. And that's, yes. And that's So when the you key. stop it, immediately... You're restored. Right. And for me, there's always this inherent, and scientists discover this too, but there's this inherent moment of clarity because I've now had the opportunity to think on it, to remember the pros, the cons, and the indifference about it. So I get to the high place from it because that gives me an opportunity to perform my own introspection, which is, again, the key behind this willpower, emotional exhaustion, and the whole bit. It's actually, the the important part for me anyways, is focusing on the history of it and then pushing past it. 
Have you noticed that when that happens, the person always feels it? And then they try to amend. Right. And yeah, you, ha- what, what and you haven't said, but you haven't said a word. You haven't even been there physically. Mm-hmm. Like they sense it. Even if they have not seen you, heard from you, they sense that. Isn't that interesting? It is. Well, another people are example, more connected than they're willing to admit. Exactly. I, I was just going to say another example of interconnectedness. Another example how we are so beautifully intertwined and interlaced that we do pick up on each other period (laughs) right i was gonna say we do pick up on each other's emotions everything so if you think whatever happens on the other side of the world people who think oh that's the other side of the world it doesn't affect me or that's that group it doesn't affect me it does it totally does it totally does you may not you, you guys, but like people who think that <laughs> think that it doesn't affect them. But I think that their heart is closed, emotional heart is so closed in so many ways that they're not aware of things. They're not aware of feelings. It's like a person who's not totally in tune with their body. And when there's pain, when the body is trying to tell them something, they don't even hear it. They don't sense it. You know what I'm saying? They're desensitized is what I'm trying to say. So they don't see how this group over here, they may think has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with them. If one person hurts over here, it isn't affecting everybody. Anyway, so go ahead, Matt. (laughs) I just wanted to... I'm sorry. It's just the other night I was part of my writing group and they brought up this book called Seen and Unseen. And it's about the, um, it's a children's book actually, but it's about the Japanese internment camp. Right. And the author of the book was, uh, is, or (laughs) she, or her godmother was Dorothy Lange. One of my favorite photographers, you guys. I'm sure you've seen her pictures if you're not into photography. She did all the, like, the most, um, I want to say beautiful. Uh, beautiful but tragic. Beautiful. Timeless. Like, yeah. Dust Bowl farmers. Right. During the Depression. So you've seen pictures um, of the Dust Bowl era. It's pretty much probably Dorothea Lang. Anyway. So that was her godmother. She used three photographers in this book to portray what happened in the internment camps, right? And she chose Ansel Adams, Dorothea Lang. Oh, I'm I'm forgetting. The most important one. The, the most important photographer who was Japanese. And so basically it showed seen and unseen. Dorothea Lang photographed a whole bunch of stuff and most of her... I don't know about most, but a lot of images that she took were taken, disqualified, not to be seen by the powers that be. Because they were potentially embarrassing. They, yeah, they didn't want you to know about what was happening. And she photographed before the internment camps started to come about. Like She saw it coming. Mm-hmm. And she was trying to warn people. And one of her friends was Ansel Adams. And I I heard this quote about her saying about Ansel Adams, you know, he's my friend, 
but he just doesn't get it. Right. And she was talking about what was happening with the internment camps and what had happened. And so she photographed it before and during, and then Ansel Adams photographed it towards the end, and he photographed the internment camps in a way that was like a gap ad. Like, it looked like everybody was having fun, everybody was smiling, you know, playing ball. It, it was weird. It was, you know, like, it just made me think lesser of Ansel Adams. Right, well. And then, do you know what I'm saying? Like, they don't get it. They don't get it. But. And then the, the Japanese photographer, obviously, like, he went in to the camp. Mm-hmm. He was taken into the camp. And he managed to take a lens and a, and a negative holder and figure out a way to make a makeshift camera. And he photographed what was happening on the inside. Right. Which no one was allowed to photograph. Right. So anyway, I'm sorry. Why am I bringing this up? I got all upset. <laughs> <laughs> I know you did. Which People is who shame. don't get it. People who don't get it. Like certain family members I'm not going to bring up right now. Who don't get it. Who don't, who think that. This group, whatever group it is, it's like they're not even human. Do you know what I'm saying? They dehumanize people. Right. But I'm saying that they actually feel all these people at the same time. And they're not aware of it and it's eating them up. Am I, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not articulating myself well enough today. You are, unfortunately. I can't bring us back to center on this one, which is the unfortunate It's part. okay. Go back to what you were saying. Sorry, Matt. Oh, dear. This is all the stuff that's on my mind. And when I don't sleep, I uh, I tend to go off on tangents. Sorry, guys. I, okay, go back. So we were talking about energy, and we were talking about how... Retrospection we, is very important, but you have to be in a point where you can do that retrospection. That's one way that you fuel your everything, your emotional currency, your willpower, your everything. That's how you maybe build, if if you can't let go of the whole battery thought, because it's very compelling, because there are those days you just feel run down. It feels like you started with a full charge and it just went down that day. Oh yeah, it could happen in an instant. You could be fully charged, but then something will just get you. Will just get you. Yeah. Yeah. So in this way, as far as retrospection is, you're just trying to get a bigger battery. You're trying to, you know, bigger battery. And it's the thinking of the things you've overcome, the things that you have done that help you with your endurance, your emotional kind of endurance, if you will, which is a very, very hard thing to do in the moment. I know. Well... You know, as long as I'm made aware of it, I can snap myself out of it rather quickly. You go deep and wallow in it. You swim and bathe in it like it's a bubble bath. It's so warm. Oh my god. It's warm in here. So when you when you get upset, Matt. Yes. Oh my god. Sometimes when I do. Wow. Wow. You just wallow in it. Sometimes. And it's, I was going to say, Matt, what do you do? I'm like, you know what? You guys don't want to know what Matt does. I, no. <laughs> There's no. a process. But I'll tell you what I do. There is a process for Matt, but my goodness, it's just too long. It's like a long three-hour movie that should be just be an hour and a half. <laughs> but I'm a big fan of Kira Kurosawa. He I couldn't was cut bring a movie that either. <laughs> that is totally. 
you know me i'm just like let's get, just get to the good stuff i have things to do edited for television i don't want to feel that's, bad that's your movies i feel bad too much so please <laughs> so i'm like let me get out of here so that's my famous phrase i gotta get out of here i gotta get out of here in one way or another like if it's a situation i gotta get out of here right i'm sorry i'm just gonna remove myself so you can do that or you well you still have to get out of there to go meditate somewhere quiet right just you know meditate doesn't have to be you sit in a lotus position and all that it could be just sit somewhere and connect with your power anyway so let's move on (laughs) (laughs) so let's move on so I think I think you phrased it just eloquently right there. So let's move on. Let's figure out how you can remove yourself from a given situation of emotional turmoil and take a step back and think it through. And then remember who you are, remember your power, feel your inner Popeye and remind, feel the strength from there. Remind new listeners what inner Popeye is. So inner Popeye, Popeye is this guy. He's a cartoon character. And you know what? With Popeye, I am what I am. That's his saying. And you know what you get. He is so self-aware. He knows exactly who he is, exactly where he's going. He understands his motivations completely. He is completely self-aware. Inner Popeye is when you reach that kind of condition within yourself. You don't care. What other people think of you, you're just going to be you. You're not apologetic about. Right. Who you are. Oh, but having said that, I think of certain leaders that are never apologizing for the stuff. It's not about that. It's not about doing harm and being unapologetic. It's about he has really big forearms. So what? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? He's not going to try to slim down his forearms. He has big, like, ridiculous forearms. You know, he's unapologetic about it. That's that's him. Yes. Um, you know, another example that you bring up all the time regarding this is Sensei, the founder of Aikido. Right. And you say, like, whenever we talk about something or when, I, when I'm stuck on something or I don't want to hurt someone's feelings or I'm dealing with a difficult friendship or different situation, you know, you say something about the mat, like you got to keep walking on the mat. You say something like that. What do you say? Okay, so famous demonstration. He's a frail old man, and he was... This is O-sensei. He was this great, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody saw him as a warrior when he was younger, but when he got older, he his mind his mind shifted. And there's a famous demonstration that he walks from one corner of a mat to the other corner. So it's kind of this square mat. He walks from... One... In the interim, 20 different guys tried to stop him, and he just didn't let him. Right. So he moved where he had to move. He did what he had to do, and he made it to the end. He made it to the other edge. And it, it just cracks me up because that's how I got into Aikido, and that's what made me stop wanting to get into Aikido because I would see these demonstrations of him doing that, and it looked so fake. It looks so fake. It looks cartoonishly ridiculous because here's this very skinny, t- tiny little man. <laughs> He looks like he's frail. He's definitely not. And he's walking and all these big burly guys that look like they're seven feet tall are charging at him. And it looks like he's just lifting his little pinky or his index finger. And these guys are suddenly flying across the room. Sorry, that was me. 
flying. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? They were flying across the room. I'm like, that is the most set up artificial thing I've ever seen. Right. I'm not going to study that when my martial artist friends were like, you should study Aikido. I'm like, no. (laughs) That's a a baby martial art. That is some fake. uh, No, thank you. And then when I experienced it for myself, right. I was like, whoa, this is legit. <laughs> this is legitimate. And it's energetic. And yeah, it's fascinating Yes, what happens when you're actually physically in that situation. And a black belt is working with you. And you experience that energy and that, that flying <laughs> sensation. <laughs> exactly. Um. But yeah, it always cracks me up when I'm in a difficult situation and you say, there's this phrase that you use though. You just say, you just got to, you're crossing the mat, cross the mat. Don't let anything get in your way. But you have a particular way of saying it that you're not saying right oh, now. Oh dear. And I can't remember. Uh, but you say I'll it to me I'll remember it in time. the moment. I know. <laughs> Don't. But anyway, but that's, that's the gist of it. Would you say sometimes you have to do that, Matt, or always? I mean, sometimes you have to give and say, if a friend is coming up not an attack but right. like but you, it's important i think to step back and just try and take a look at everything around you because you know there are certain spots you know my kids obviously are an, are an incredible emotional blind spot for me i can't necessarily be objective when it comes to my kids <laughs> period <laughs> much sometimes to my wife's chagrin um i can't be you know um, but it's, it's important where you can to step back and take a look and remember. And that's one of the things that helps us feel strong. And that's one of the things that helps us do more to manifest our inner Popeye and bring that forward into our day, into our life. Okay. That's very well. And I don't want to make this a super long show, but when but, you get into that mood, Matt, yes, what snaps you out of it? Because I said it takes forever. Sometimes. It's a process. And you drag everybody else with you. It's a process. (laughs) And it takes time. Yeah, but what am I supposed to do? I don't want to be affected by you. Then don't be. But I am because I I love you. So what do you do? Again, emotional blind spot. It's it's hard. I don't know what to do. Right. I I can't leave you alone. I want to make things better for you. If I leave the room or leave the house, I know you're sitting there moping. And, or, you know, it just I'm makes processing. me sad. I know, but it makes me feel terrible. I like, know, I feel baby. scared. I, I feel know, like, baby. is sorry. he okay? Is he, is it going to turn into a physical ailment? Cause he's so upset. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So any solutions there, Matt? He's just staring at me. <laughs> tell me you love me and move on. That's about what do you all mean? I can Like say. tell you, I love you and then go out. Yes. Go outside, leave you alone. Maybe. Really? Yeah. But what if I'm stuck in the house with you? What am I supposed to then do? Then I just feel bad for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> okay, let's move on. From and Next. to. Oh, did you make the entire point? That's all we had to say? That, those, that was the entire, yes, lower part of my sheet. All right. Okay. All right, then. All righty, then. <laughs> So infinite or non-infinite? It depends on your point of view. Make it more infinite. That would be what I would say. So when when things go awry, 
gather your power gather, gather yourself your power. get gather yourself, yourself together exactly oh my god okay get yourself together right and right how do you bounce back from breakup but you know what realize your power look at that get yourself together when you are upset you are leaking currency yes from your physical body yes sometimes and when you when you focus you gather yourself right. you're getting yourself together right so get your spiritual physical emotional body in the same space in the same center and connect to your beautiful powerful point and that is getting yourself together get yourself together <laughs> get it together folks <laughs> can i tell you that next time you're in a wallow can i say get it together matt then you get, no you know what there's no talking to you you there get is mad no at me. talking to me matt will get upset for no, i can't say anything you know what <laughs> next time just make me cookies you know even that doesn't work i've tried <laughs> chocolate no <laughs> then just let me be a little spoiled child for well, a can minute. i ask you to leave <laughs> oh dear you know i'd love to say yes and i would have the emotional maturity to deal with it but there are those moments no folks. i don't want to i don't want it to, the world's to never mind it's probably safer for you at home. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is. So I should leave. Okay. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Love you. Love is winning. Oh, dear. Love is winning. Talk oh, to you later. Be well, everyone. <laughs> Don't. <laughs>